when we read the gospel, we see that John the Baptist, who went ahead of Jesus Christ in time, of course, is the precursor, prepared people, the Jews, for the coming of Jesus. And his message was very simple. He would be asking there, in that place in the Jordan, for a true interior conversion, because the Messiah is about to come. That was the gist of his message, do penance. And he illustrated it, straighten the path in your life, level the road, means we all have to do so continuously as long as we are alive. This should be our attitude in this race which is our life. Never to slacken, to be demanding from ourselves. Well, this is what John the Baptist reveals many heed the words, heeded the words, and asked, and what should we do specifically? The same question was asked from the disciples 30 years later, or not so much. Four years later, on that day of Pentecost, what should we do, brethren? When they heard St. Peter, the apostle, announcing to them that the Messiah had come, we read it in the Act of the Apostles. In spite of the importance of that announcement, we see that John the Baptist did not <clears throat> demand from his listeners, from the Jews that had come to listen to him, anything extraordinary. He was not asking, go to the desert, which was relatively common at that time, or at least for some, he just asked repentance, straighten your path in your interior life. But he does not even hint that they had to change their profession, their life. Neither the apostles did. The apostles advised people, you don't have to change your profession. Not even that that soldier at that time was considered like a very old publican. You don't have to stop being so. Even though the Pharisees, they have pre-qualified this kind of people, soldiers, publicans, of course not. They cannot be part of the kingdom of God. And yet the apostle admitted them and did not 
advise them to change profession. The same thing. Advise St. Paul to the newly converted Christians. Otherwise, that each one live according to his condition in which the Lord called him. Each one as he was before God called him. This is what I prescribe in every church, in every local church. 1 Corinthians. This is the kind of penance specifically, which is proper to a Christian, a change of life, a metanoia in Greek, change of orientation, of attitude. It's the change that the person experiences when he finds God and he prepares himself to go forward to him, to meet him, Externally, well, it's manifested in living the profession, whichever it may be, with rectitude of intention, with integrity of life. Same profession. You know this very well. And then, in the Gospel of St. Luke, we are told that the Lord, that the public do not uh, collect more than is reasonable for the taxes that the soldier do not uh, make extortion to the people demanded money, that they don't protest for their uh, uh, wages, and for all to perform deeds, fruits worthy of penance. Especially, they mention those relative to charity, compassion, to mercy, those who have two tunics, give one, you see. He specifically hints, okay? Well, it seems that penance and spirit of sacrifice is the means to obtain forgiveness for our sins and salvation. The Lord grants it. Only the Lord grants it. But we should ask for it. How so? Well, you see, as you read the scripture, even the beginning with the Old Testament, we see how God demands the sinner to put himself, to place himself away from sin and return to him, return to the Lord. A change that is not only to avoid sins, but repentance for the sins committed. So it's two different things. Okay? A sinner, all of us, had to stop committing sins. But moreover, and uh, I would say the first condition is that each one of us is repentant. I'm sorry, Lord, repentant on the past sins. Even small infidelities is an inner feeling, in a feeling of preferring God rather than anything else. 
doesn't need to be with tears or external manifestation, of course not. But it's an inner desire, inner disposition. Is this my case? Do I exert myself to ask our Lord for pardon for my infidelities? Past sins, you don't have to remember them, it would be worse. Probably only in a generic manner, a general manner, I'm sorry for my sins. And the Holy Spirit continues talking through the prophet Ezekiel. And if the sinner, the evil man, would do penance, all their sins will be forgiven. He will have eternal life and he shall not die. So it seems as if the Lord is asking for you can say, well, maybe the Lord forgives our sins without any movement from us. Well, the scripture says otherwise. You see how important that, is, that spirit of sacrifice, this issue of sacrifice. Moreover, that issue is suffering. Why should I suffer? It's, it's really one of the life's most vexing questions. Many ask themselves, why should I deny myself what I enjoy? Why should I practice mortification? Why should I apply myself to carry out difficult tasks, unpleasant tasks? Some resign themselves to pain because they cannot avoid it. Anyhow, I cannot get rid of it. That's not enough. Others are aware that love and dedication to others demand sacrifice and renunciation. And this is easier in those cases. Because their neighbor's good is clearly dear to their own heart. Even so, these people may not appreciate the value of sacrifice and voluntary mortification that doesn't seem useful. It's very close to fullness of intention, of right intention, but perhaps these people uh, don't think that useless, in a manner of speaking, sacrifice is worthwhile. Why should I mortify myself? Again, the Lord, through the prophet Joel, tells, tells us, and now come back to me with all your heart, with fasting, repentance, tear your hearts not your vestments. It's very clear description, graphic description. Among the Jews, it seems it was a custom when you, when you utterly shock that they opened their vestments, uh, not necessarily that they destroyed it. Um, even now, 
That's a custom about very strict Jewish uh, uh, sectors mm, that, for instance, in the funeral, uh, uh, the men, mm, mm, they, they, they cut actually with a scissor a part on the shoulder of the suit <laughs> uh, and leave it there for as long as the wake lasts, indicating tearing off the tearing the tearing the, the vestments, you know, the uh, continuation of the old custom. And the Lord says, never mind, the outer garment is your heart had to be repentant. That that tearing refers to inner repentance, inner repentance. And then, in the psalm, that beautiful psalm, number 50, against you I have sinned. I have committed before your eyes what is evil. My sacrifice is a repentant spirit. Oh my God, you shall not spurn a humble and contrite heart. Cor contritum et humiliatum Deus non despices. Please do not despise my repentant spirit. And then in the New Testament, the, the, the radical orientation of the preaching of Jesus is do penance because the kingdom of heaven is near, very clear. But why can we go deeper into it? Let's go to Jesus again. He announces, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. <clears throat> deny himself, well, is the inner expression of that repentance. I prefer the things of God rather than my own caprice. And take up his cross, cross, cross. This is the core of it, of penance, the cross. Whose cross? The cross of Jesus. The only cross. Well, <clears throat> you want to be repentant. Take the cross of Christ. Be another Christ, but Christ crucified. This is the central part of this meditation. Our spirit of sacrifice, spirit of repentance, our contrition has to be inserted in the Paschal mystery of Jesus. That's why penance is necessary. What does it mean? The Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ <coughs> is the mystery of his passion, death, and resurrection, and ascension into heaven. <coughs> if he died, I have to die with him. If he suffered, I should go through the same path. This is what gives meaning to our repentance, to our contrition, to our pain, 
to our self-denial. So you are not just mortifying yourself. Nobody likes mortification. In one occasion, Saint Jose Maria Escrivá, <clears throat> half jokingly, but always with the spirit of, of teaching, uh, proposing the truth to the people around him, asked someone, do you like penance? And this person, a little bit like not fully aware what <laughs> what was going on, he says, yes, Father. He said, what? Well, don't do penance. <laughs> if you like it, it's no longer a penance, no? So don't be surprised if things don't come the way you would prefer. What the Lord is telling us right now, as we prepare ourselves for the Mass, what the Lord tells us is, when pain comes, refer yourself to the cross of Christ. Open your eyes. Don't be silly. Open your eyes and realize that this, precisely that pain of yours, is and should be your participation in the mystery of the passion of the Lord in his death. He suffered, I suffer for him. In this time, well, it hurts, but it's easier to be generous in our spirit of mortification. It gives meaning. Remember, in the life of a person, when he knows why he's suffering, it doesn't matter how it is, because he has the reason for it. For instance, today we celebrate the feast of St. Catherine of Alexandria, in the first century, one of the early Christians, <clears throat> kind of was rediscovered when she was buried in Sinai in Egypt. They still extend there the monastery of St. Catherine in the peninsula of Sinai. <clears throat> it seems that she was a very cultured woman and uh, it seems that the big uh, shot among the Romans uh, get infatuated. But she had other plans because God expected a different thing from her. And she defended her integrity and refused to yield. She was martyr. It seems with the wheel, with uh, with the razors, and that's why she's always represented with a wheel. You see? And every Christian here in the Philippines, we have San Lorenzo Ruiz. He was not looking for martyrdom, but he found himself in Japan. And he was asked to refuse being a Christian, to, to, to stop being a Christian, to refuse her, his faith. He said, I have born a Christian, I have become a Christian, and a Christian shall die. And he suffered martyrdom. And he is now in heaven. And we now invoke him every day. 
in that prayer for the COVID that we mentioned here in the Philippines, the last uh, uh, invocation is San Lorenzo Ruiz, mercy on us, intercede for us to God. <clears throat> Christianity is inseparably related to the mystery of the cross. And the cross is the sign of a Christian because it's the coronation, the apex of Christ's life and actions. We cannot make the pathways of the earth divine unless we also divinize suffering and sacrifice. This is the way we shall be apostles when we become another Christ, accompanying him to the cross and beyond. Look to Christ. Look to him. To enter the depth of the meaning of life, we should always contemplate his passion, his death, <clears throat> If we want to learn the meaning of pain and renunciation, look to me, Lord, as I look at you crucified. How many saints resolve to live a full Christian life just looking at the crucifix? <clears throat> Remember Saint Teresa of Jesus? She says, he was already a nun, but she says that <clears throat> she was not fully devoted nun, very frivolous. But one day, in the cloister there, there was a, she says, a very devout image of our Lord. And she was looking at it. And she mentioned her name to the crucified Lord. She says, I am Teresa de Jesus. And she said she heard the Lord answering her, I am Jesus de Teresa. Well, if you give yourself to the Lord, he gives himself to you. If you accompany him, he shall bring you together into his resurrection. You shall resurrect him a penance that is volunteer as the Lord says no one takes my life from me but I lay it down of my own accord this is our freedom <clears throat> we do not surrender our freedom rather we give meaning to our freedom if a person is aware that he's free, but does not make use of his freedom, well, it's useless. It's, uh, I don't know, you have a, a car always uh, in the garage and never make use of it, well, maybe next generation will find it. Let's follow Christ's footsteps. Realize that Christ suffered for you and left you an example that you should follow in his steps. <clears throat> now, 
that so many people want to hear only about physical well-being and not about sacrifice. They want to hear about roses and not about thorns. You must pay special attention to a warning written by Saint Jose Maria in an early document. He said, when someone expresses the desire to ask for admission to Opus Dei, he stresses, it is important for them to be told clearly that they come to Opus Dei and they come not to Mount Tabor, but to Calvary. Referring Mount Tabor is the transfiguration of the Lord it was so pleasant. Let's make three tents here. We don't want to leave this place. We are so elated looking at you, Lord, full of glory and majesty. Now, life, yes, there are moments of enjoyment, but life is Calvary. Each one of us but not the Calvary which is black, dark. It's a Calvary that is full of roses, of joy. The way of perfection passes by the way of the cross. There is no righteousness, there is no holiness without self-denial, without establishing a spiritual battle constantly, every day. Little points, but yes, it's a battle, self-denial. Spiritual progress. Completion of man. The accomplishment of man cannot be done without mortification. Little points, little by little, going up Mount Calvary. And then the person reaches the joy of the Beatitude. So, you see how loving the cross means much more than just tolerating it as a means of spiritual progress. It means much more than that. If a person consents in that fear for the cross, if a person tries at all costs to avoid anything that implies a certain effort, that person becomes a paralytic. That person gets stunted in his spiritual progress. So, important thing that we have to remember is that cross is united to the cross of Christ. Mortification, rather, is united. And St. Jose Maria points out in Friends of God that you could consult manifestations of that penance. He says, the exact fulfillment of the schedule that you have decided, getting up on time. That self-denial means putting together your obligation with God and together with the harmonizing with all the other demands your profession, your family, 
So you, you are penitent when, when you voluntarily subject yourself to your plan of life, the prayer, even when you like, even when you don't like, even when it is cold or too hot. Penance also means dealing with the others with extreme charity, beginning with the people closest to you, Penance and spiritual sacrifice means to bear with good humor the little pinpricks of every day, the little events that come out perhaps against your own personal preferences. Penance, to fulfill the duties attached to your position. A person may be a father, a mother in a family, well, it's there that he or she had to live the spirit of sacrifice. A person may be, I don't know, a governor, a president of the republic, or whatever, or simply an authority in the company. Well, that's it. The duties attached to it. Penance also means and leads us not to be attached completely to imaginary and future projects that we have come up with, but which sometimes are contrary to the plans of God. Rather, penance is to tell the Lord, you want it, Lord, I want it. Think of our mother, the Virgin. Why was she there at the foot of the cross? Was it necessary? Was not for her a torment to be her son dying on the cross. And yet, she did not run away from the cross. Faithful she was until the last moment. <clears throat>